0: From KCRW, this is Nocturne.
1: Sheriff's Department. Uh, hi. I'm calling to report a bunch of people out on the side of the road in the dark.
0: What road, please?
1: They're on Chileno Valley Road, right beside the lake. They're walking back and forth in the road with flashlights.
0: We're aware of that issue. They're with the Newt Brigade. The
1: what? the new brigade. (laughs) Hi, sheep. Hi, sheep. (laughs) They're Katahdens. Oh, they're about 25.
0: And they're all bred?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'll have 75 sheep in the spring. Bunch of babies, 50 babies. Be a lot of fun.
0: How long do you keep them before you sell them?
1: Oh, I keep them a long time. I keep them a year, at least a year. Yeah. You get attached to it? I do, yeah. Well, you know, some of them are, are pets. They become pets because we have to raise them in the house. If, if uh, their moms are not good moms, for example, if they are rejected, then we take them on and we bottle feed them. And so they become uh, attached to us. And they're, they're tame for the rest of their lives. They come right up to us. They like to be scratched. They like to be petted. You know, they'll lean against your leg. They're kind of like dogs. It's really kind of cute.
0: And, and so do you still let them go at some point? Or do you actually- No, no,
1: no. You can't let those sheep go. How could you, you know? I think most ranchers take pretty good care of their land. And, you know, this community is, characterized by pretty dramatic restoration efforts to try and improve the creeks and the water quality and that sort of thing. Through the Resource Conservation District, I've helped to do the same thing on other ranches. We've gotten federal grants, state grants, to restore creeks, plant native plants, improve habitats, you know, that sort of thing. It's sort of my, like, my hobby, you know?
0: You wouldn't say passion?
1: Yeah, passion. I don't like the word hobby. Doesn't seem... It's not like a hobby. Most
0: people wouldn't be out here every single night in the cold and the dark, risking their, <laughs> their life in the middle of the road for a
1: hobby. <laughs> okay, I'm going to make at least one more pass. If we see a newt, we stop. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. I missed it, so I'm good. Yeah, I don't think you hit it. Oh, he's alive. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, all right, so I put my blinker on, get my camera, and get my spatula. Spatula's for the dead newt, and the camera's for the live newt. All right, we got one. Yay! Woo-hoo. Well, if
0: there's one, maybe there's more. Yeah. Yeah. More Newts in the Night from Nocturne in a moment. I'm Warren Alney. And to the point, if America ever used its thousands of nuclear weapons, it would be suicidal. In a nuclear war, there could be no winners. Everybody is a loser. All of civilization is at stake. We've known that for 75 years. But our weapons of mass destruction are still on hair-trigger alert. And just one man, President Trump, has the power to push the button. Is it finally time to make the world safer? on our To The Point
1: Podcast.
0: You're listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe.
1: My name is Sally Gale, and we're in Chileno Valley. The name of this ranch is Chileno Valley Ranch. This is a beef ranch.
0: Chileno Valley is an idyllic expanse of rolling hills and grassy valleys in northern California, nestled between Petaluma and the Pacific coast.
1: So we are in the middle of the agricultural area, which is oftentimes referred to as West Marin. So this whole area is comprised of ranches and there's lots of open space. There are cows and sheep and chickens and it's a very rural area. Most of the ranches are large, between 600 and 1200 acres. So people live far apart from each other. This is a beautiful ranch. The house is surrounded by very bright green hills right now. It's mostly grassland, so it's perfect for grazing animals such as cows. Um, In the distance, you can see woods up on the hills, mostly bays and oaks. And there's a creek that runs through the ranch called Chileno Creek. And it is wooded, it has mostly willows, various kinds of willows. Well, the reason I'm here is because my family settled on this ranch in 1862. I'm a fifth generation Californian. My mother gave me this ranch. She was too old to really take care of this ranch. And so we offered to come over from Hawaii, which we just loved. And she did give me the ranch. And it was falling down. We called it uh, Falling Down Ranch. And that was one one of our ideas for what to call the ranch was Falling Down Ranch because cows could get in, the foxes could live here, so no one lived in the house when we started to restore it. We gave up a lot to come here, but it was such a challenge. It was so beautiful out here, and so much needed to be done, not only to the buildings, but to the land, the creeks, Um, We planted a lot of trees, and, you know, we did a lot of restoration. And it was just a great challenge. You know, it was a time in my life where I was ready for a new challenge, and so was Mike. He was excited about getting into cows, something he'd never done. So the ranch means a lot to us, and we spend all of our time and all of our money on this ranch. We don't have regular help, but we do hire people. For instance, we have a neighbor who comes and helps Mike when he needs to move the cows. And then I have two guys that help me for a half a day once a week on the garden. So we hire people. We're able to keep up. You know, work isn't hard if you love it. So I really don't look at it and think of it as hard work. And if if you love to be active and you love to be healthy, it's kind of a perfect fit. We enjoy physical labor. And we did a lot more of it when we were younger. I'm not that young anymore. I'm 77. Also for us, we enjoy the animals, all of them. The sheep, the cows, the chickens, the dogs, the cats. And it's a pretty pretty wild area. We have weasels and foxes and coyotes and mountain lions and deer, lots of deer. Raccoons for sure. (laughs) Gophers for sure. We have skunks and... Lots of birds. We have a great variety of neotropical songbirds that come in the spring, Hawks. We have owls living in the barn, bats.
0: And very close by, right down the road, is Laguna Lake, a breeding ground for newts.
1: Newts are are fairly common, or they used to be fairly common. they're just little like salamanders, they're a type of salamander. And the kinds of newts that we have found on the road are rough-skinned newts, California newts, and slender salamanders.
0: Not long ago, Sally started realizing something was going on with the newts.
1: You know, I hate to say it, but I've been noticing for some time that in the fall, um, during, you know, the first really warm, rainy evening, they come out and they cross the road from the hillside to go into the lake, basically to breed. That's why they're going to the lake. And I noticed that they were getting run over. I've known this for, you know, 15, 20 years maybe, that much. But last year, when Mike and I were coming home from dinner at another ranch from Marsha and Corey's, it was late. It was about 10 o'clock. We came to this area that we're going to visit later, and... We saw that they were crossing the road. I got out of the car. Mike was driving slowly, illuminating the road, and I was walking in front of the car. And if a car came along, he just you know, motioned them to pass us. He followed behind me with his lights on, and I walked the half mile of that stretch of road near the lake. And I picked up 45 dead newts and five live newts. And when I got back in the car, I said to Mike, I am going to do something about this. I can't stand this anymore. I'm going to do something about it. I don't know what. Honestly, I think what made the difference was I picked them up. I touched them. I saw their little mangled bodies, and I felt how Wonderful it was to find one that didn't get run over and to carry it across the road. Sally
0: didn't just carry the live newts across the road to safety. She also moved the dead
1: ones. I just put them outside off the road. I thought it was disrespectful to leave these poor dead bodies in the road. I just think when you touch something, you can't ignore it. (sighs) I mean, if you touch something, you're relating to it. You have a connection, a relationship with whatever it is that you're touching. And there's no denying when when you pick up their twisted little bodies. You know, they might even still be moving. And you see what they were, and you see what they've become, and you just don't want that to happen. You don't want, you don't want that live newt that's walking so slowly across the road, so innocently, it is so small, and the cars and trucks are so big, and their bodies are so soft. You just don't want that soft little, beautiful creature with its five little fingers I don't know if they have five, but they have these really cute little fingers with these little suckers on the ends. You don't want that beautiful little creature to be run over by some stupid car or truck. You don't want that to happen.
0: So that tactile in-the-moment experience woke Sally up to the horrendous slaughter that was occurring on a regular basis right under her
1: nose. And then the other thing was, I had this history behind me that I had, I had seen them before getting run over. And I felt that I had seen more before. And I worried that their numbers were being reduced, that the population was being decimated, because honestly, there are more cars that come out here because I think they're avoiding the freeway. And they're commuters, and they come roaring through here. And that's about the time that most of them want across the road. It's dusk, and that's about the time people are driving home. So they, they just have very bad luck, these little newts. They're really, really slow. A frog, a tiny little frog, can make it across the road much faster than these little newts. They're just not very fast. And they do freeze. They freeze when they see light they freeze and they raise up on their front legs and the reason they're doing this is they're showing the yellow on their underside their yellow chest and underneath their chin and and this yellow orange color signifies poison they are poisonous and they're just saying you know if you eat me you're going to die but you know the car is not going to eat them it's just going to roll over them
0: The newts are very small, and at night when you're driving fast in the dark, they're not easy to see. At the time, Sally thought they only want to cross the road once, after the first rainstorm. She didn't realize that from December to March, they go back and forth, between the lake where they breed and the hillside, which is their home. She couldn't stand by night after night and do nothing, knowing that these tiny animals just going about their business were in mortal danger.
1: And so the first thing I did was... I called my friend, Gail Seymour.
0: Gail is a retired environmental scientist for the California Department of Fish and
1: Wildlife. And then she introduced me to Todd Steiner, who is with SPAWN.
0: SPAWN is the Salmon Protection and Watershed Network.
1: And the three of us became convinced that we could do something about this. I just called everybody I knew and had a big meeting.
0: This meeting was the birth of the Newt Brigade, a volunteer organization dedicated to carrying these vulnerable but determined little creatures from one side of the road to the other.
1: And from there, we developed a plan to not only, you know, pick up the newts when they started crossing the road, but also to collect information where most of them cross, what time of day or night they cross, what date they cross,
0: They use an app called iNaturalist that keeps track of all the data.
1: And we try to match that up with the weather so that in the future, we won't need to depend on volunteers. Maybe we can build kind of culverts or little fences to guide them to the culverts, or maybe we can do some kind of intervention that is a little easier to maintain. We're saving the newts, but we want this population to survive over time. It's not like, okay, You know, we're doing this, we've saved the newts, and now we're going to go back to our old lives. It's a commitment. It's like you started working with the newts, you're going to do it forever, because they're going to need something forever.
0: The Newt Brigade has almost 200 members, and a few times there have been up to 15 people out on the road ferrying newts at one time. But often, it's Sally and one or two volunteers, or even more likely, just Sally. Most nights, she gets in her car and drives the two miles from the ranch to this half-mile-long stretch of road between a steep hillside and the lake. When there are a lot of volunteers, they go out on foot and spread out along the road. But Sally discovered that when she's on her own, she can't save enough newts that way. So she drives very slowly, and when she sees a newt, she puts on her hazard lights, stops the car gets out and walks to the center of the road and hopes that another car or pickup doesn't come speeding fast toward her in the dark. Because at that point, Sally is stooped over a newt, taking its picture, picking it up, and placing the live ones down on whatever side of the road they were heading. She tries to keep an eye on the road, but her attention is on the newts.
1: And that's what I'll do tonight. I mean, somebody is out there every night. Someone has been out there every night since December 1st. I know that in December, there were 1,000 newts moved. And in January, there were 1,000 newts moved. Now, not all those were saved. Half of those were saved. It's about 50-50. If you have more volunteers, you can save more newts. And I could use more volunteers. But if you have a lot of them out there on one night, it's, it's very difficult to, to save them all. I mean, you can be there, you can see them, but there are too many of them. There aren't enough of you. There are too many cars. It's raining.
0: There's a popular regional park near my house where they close this one road every winter because the newts cross it. And there was regular carnage from cars running them over. The road can be closed because there are alternate routes close by. And people felt it was worth the inconvenience in order to keep the newts safe. I hadn't known about the newts near Sally's Ranch because they're on this tiny stretch of road in a sparsely populated rural area. The way I found out about them was in the sheriff's call section of a tiny little newspaper in West Marin. There was a call to the sheriff about a bunch of people with flashlights out on the side of the road at night.
1: That was recently. That was a Saturday. So um, that has happened three times. We have been reported three times by neighbors. And... um, They have had various concerns. Well, uh, they state that their concern is safety, the safety of the drivers and the safety of the people who are on the side of the road with flashlights. I called them and let them know that we were going to do this. But I, I think the basic problem is there is, among some of my neighbors, there's a distrust of people they would call, outsiders, environmentalists, I think maybe they're afraid that these outsiders are going to cause them some kind of difficulty, might somehow negatively affect their agricultural operation. Personally, I feel that their fear is unfounded, completely unfounded.
0: Members of the Newt Brigade have been in touch with both the Sheriff's Department and the Highway Patrol, and they say everyone they spoke with was supportive of their helping the Newts. So work has continued. Rainy nights around 50 to 55 degrees Fahrenheit are a particularly busy time.
1: Okay, so I just watch the weather forecast. And if the temperature is above 50 and it's rainy, I know I'm gonna need maybe 15 people. So I just send out an alert. We have a WhatsApp alert and an email alert and I send those both out so that we can go out at dusk and we'll be out there for at least two hours that night or maybe four hours it depends on how many newts are crossing what we're noticing is obviously when we first saw the newts they were coming from the hillside into the water the adults and then about the same time the babies came from the water, and these can be as long as an inch, they're really tiny, and they go up into the hillside. So, the first week, you've got them going both ways. The babies are leaving the lake, and the adults are coming into the lake. The babies have been there for a year, a couple of years. Two nights ago, every newt I saw was leaving the, the lake and going up to the hill. Most of them now are done breeding and they're going back up into the hill where they live for most of their life. They live, you know, underneath debris and logs and in gopher holes and things most of their lives. And they can live to be 35 years old. They live for a long time. When it's rainy, I'm expecting a big bunch of them to leave the lake and go up to the hillside.
0: It hasn't rained in a while, but Sally has still been going out every night around dusk. Sometimes she only finds a few newts. The road stays pretty damp because the hill shades it, so newts who really want to cross still can. And to Sally, the effort is worth it, even if she only saves one. When the newt brigade first started, they had headlamps and cones, and some volunteers even got trained to be flaggers on the road. But they've moved to being more low-profile since the police calls from neighbors.
1: Don't use headlamps because we don't want to disturb the drivers. Uh, At first we, we bought all of this equipment. We had signs and cones and headlamps and flashlights and wands and we did all this stuff. And then because of the complaints from the neighbors, we decided that keeping a low profile was probably a more courteous way of behaving. And so we got rid of the headlamps we use the flashlights, but when the cars go by, we get way off the road and we turn the flashlight off. The stars are shining. You can hear the frogs, you know, croaking away in their various little sections. It's beautiful. It's beautiful at night. You can hear the quail settling down for the night. Um, there is a group of sparrows that we see. There are deer. We see deer crossing the road. It's beautiful. Beautiful.
0: I have a terrible confession to make. I got lost getting to Sally's ranch. That's not the confession, though. Sally had told me that she wanted to be out on the road rescuing newts by 5.30, and I'd arranged to talk to her before that and then go out with her. So I was racing along the road to not be too late, and I was oblivious to the fact that I was driving over exactly the stretch of road where the newts were crossing. And even though it wasn't yet dusk, there probably were newts crossing. I hadn't seen a dead one close up, and my heart hadn't yet connected to what was happening. I understood theoretically, but my own concerns hugely overshadowed the plight of the tiny creatures on one very small piece of road. Also, because I was late, we didn't get out quite as early as
1: Sally would have liked. Dusk was coming on fast. Okay, so we're driving the two miles from my house over to Laguna Lake, and we're going to be looking for newts. So, what I would like to do is drive slowly along this half-mile stretch of road and if we see a newt, we'll kind of pull over and stop and I'll jump out really quickly and photograph the newt and then move it across the road. I see the moon right in front of us. Yeah, it looks full, doesn't it? It's going to be a beautiful night. There are egrets and swans and ducks.
0: how far is the lake from the road?
1: It's right along the road. You can see it. It's, it's like 10 feet from the road in certain places. So
0: are you coming out by yourself most nights,
1: or does your husband come with you? Um, sometimes I come by myself. Oftentimes, I have a volunteer with me. But they're more interested in coming when there are lots of newts. And I don't mind doing it by myself it's fine I come home and Mike has dinner ready and it's fine it's a nice arrangement yeah it works well the good cook yeah he's a real good cook he's a real good husband nice man to come home to been doing it for 50 years okay so this is the beginning of our area and so now we're gonna be driving kind of carefully and slowly and making sure that if we see a newt, we stop. See how fast that truck is coming? Yeah, people drive fast in the country. These are probably not commuters. I mean, you know, you see the trucks going by, and these are local people, they live out here. And, you know, they're driving 11 miles home every day, and they drive fast. They just get used to the roads, and they get into a zone, and they drive fast, and they're not looking for newts. You kind of have to watch your rear view mirror and make sure you're not holding up any traffic. Make sure you know if somebody's coming. But at the same time, you have to keep your eyes peeled for these newts and they're very small. So we have to really pay attention. That's okay, there's a dead newt right there. And here's a live newt. Okay, so I'm gonna photograph him looking at him from the hillside so I know what direction he's going in. Get a good picture of him, wet my hands and pick him up gently and take him over here. Deposit him and I want to work fast because I don't want somebody coming and hitting me. So I'm going to photograph this dead newt a good picture. Get him off the road. There's its little hands. Okay, back in the car. Okay, we're off at the door.
0: Something happens when you shift your focus like this. When you stop seeing the world as this huge, busy thing, and you zoom in instead, suddenly your own life doesn't necessarily seem bigger than that of any other creature. At this moment, the most important thing is these newts and their trip across the road. When you lean down and watch them diligently making their way where they have to go, you realize they're on a life-or-death mission, and it feels imperative to help them.
1: Look at the lake, how pretty it is. Beautiful. It's a lot more fun to walk along the road, but you just don't, you, you can't get to them quickly enough, you know. If I had 10 people and they all had, you know, a couple hundred feet, it'd be different. But when you're by yourself, this is the most efficient way to do it. Here's another one and a dead one. Now this guy is doing real well. This is pretty exciting okay honey isn't he pretty beautiful you can see his little underside oh my goodness yeah quite a color isn't it it's really more orange than anything else and then I'll get this one make sure I don't get run over Comes a car. Grab the new. Okay, we're good. Is this one? Uh-uh. Okay. Yes. Good for you. Oh my god, my eyes are getting bad. But he's dead, right? No, but he's, he's not.
0: Good for you.
1: You saved him. He's just curled up. Sometimes they're curled up like this. Oh, you're so handsome. Okay. Oh, no. He's He's dead. Oh, he's recently... No, he's... Yeah, his head... His head is smashed. Oh. Fuck. fuck! 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 They just—they just ran over a new. but they don't. I don't think they hit it. See right here. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it made it. Oh
0: good. Oh, there's another car.
1: Oh running. fuck
0: so I can get out and stop it!
1: Don't stop them. We'll get in trouble.
0: This is a bit of a hair-raising moment. Sally is stooped over in the middle of the road, and there's a car coming fast, straight toward her. She won't let me signal to the car because she doesn't want to antagonize someone on their way home. Luckily, they slow a little bit and swerve around her. Thank you. Big black pickup truck passing... uh, just saved that newt from getting run over.
1: You probably think I'm crazy. It's like let him run over me, I don't care.
0: Yeah, I guess, but yeah, you didn't want me to stop it, but you weren't <laughs> moving out of the road. That is the only part that's a little Yeah.
1: Uh... <laughs> okay. Here's a dead one. We gotta get this one recorded. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay here. Yes, I don't blame you. <clears throat> You just um we just we should have been out here earlier. Half an hour earlier. Oh I'm so sorry. Well, this is how you learn. You know, there's one. Oh, it's dead. It's dead. There's another dead one. These are all just killed. Just tonight. Tomorrow night I'll get out here earlier.
0: Does it break your heart each time?
1: Yeah, for sure. Because what does this say about the population? You know, you save two, you've got eight that are dead. What does that say? It's pretty depressing. The
0: sun is almost below the horizon and we keep going back and forth over this half-mile stretch of road, eyes focused on the pavement, straining to make sure we don't miss anyone. We drive 30 feet, stop, get out, get in, drive, it's getting harder
1: to see the newts.
0: The cows don't seem like they understand what's happening.
1: No, they're pretty cute, they're heifers. And if the cows see them, they'll step out of the way, but if they're running across the field, you know, they're just gonna go pell-mell and they're not gonna look where they're walking. So it's just kind of bad luck for the newts. But yeah, if they were eating grass and they saw a newt, they would back up. Really? Sure. Are they scared of them? I you'd have to ask the cow. I don't know. <laughs> it feels it feels very wrong, you know, to have so many of them killed on this road. It's not natural. It's not natural selection, as some people say. Oh, it'll they'll just breed for faster newts. One of my neighbors said that. <laughs> That was pretty ridiculous. The newts are not getting any faster.
0: I guess your neighbors probably wouldn't like the idea of putting up like newt crossing signs.
1: Um, we're afraid if we put them up that they'll get stolen. When we first put out our cones and our signs, somebody threw them into a pasture. So, and you know, we did get threatened once by somebody. He just stopped and told a volunteer to get the heck out of here and he wasn't wanted here and to leave right now. And he was very nasty, wasn't very polite. It wasn't a neighborly gesture, shall we say.
0: So after 25 years of being here, are you considered local or do some people still see you as an outsider?
1: Well, I have kind of a funny status where, you know, I'm related to half the county you know, in the agricultural area. My relatives are all out here on the ranches, but I didn't grow up here, and I've only been here for 25 years, so some people think of me as a new person, and some people think of me as an old person. I talked to one neighbor, he had never seen a newt, he never knew that they were here, and he's lived here all his life. Very hard to believe. You know, some people just don't notice
0: The sun has completely set, and it's gotten really hard to see the newts on the road. We're creeping along, and the only light is from the full moon above and the car's headlights. This half-mile strip feels like the center of the universe. It's really quiet, but
1: really loud with the car engine, crickets, and frogs. Very dark. The sky is beautiful, though. Yeah, we're just kind of crawling along, looking at the road. The road is real dark because it's wet. It does look like a full moon. It's very pretty. Okay, I'm gonna make at least one more pass. If we see a newt, we stop.
0: Most of the newts have made it where they're going tonight, or else they didn't. There may be a few stragglers, but we haven't seen one for a while. It's been over an hour and we found 14 newts. Seven were alive and seven were dead. This was a good night, it's not always an
1: even tally. Last night I did really well. I got nine live ones and two dead ones. But if I could get up to an equal number of live ones as dead ones, I'd feel okay. We're
0: done for the night. Everything looks and feels different to me than it did at the start of the evening. Not just because it's cold, the frogs sound louder than a jet plane, and the moonlight has transformed the hills and the lake into a nighttime fairy tale. It's that the newts loom huge in my mind. I can feel their presence now everywhere. This is how Sally must feel. And it's why she'll be back here tomorrow night, and the night after that, and every night, until the newts are done traveling across the road. You've been listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. Nocturne is produced by me and was created by myself and Kent Sparling, who also composed the theme music. Nocturne is distributed by KCRW and also receives support from KCRW's Independent Producer Project, which is managed by Kristen Lepore. Thank you to Nick White. You can find more information about the Newt Brigade, including some pictures of Chileno Valley and the Newts, at our website, nocturnepodcast.org. Till next time, thanks for listening.